0: You listen to me, you go to the top. You don't listen to me, you're never heard from again. All right, everybody, welcome to the Comic Wrestling Podcast. This is the Wrestling Ring. I'm Deadly Dave, and I have my tag team partner with me, Ace
1: Williams.
0: And today, since uh, little little announcement, we're going to be interviewing Mr. Mann, who is a manager locally here, an amazing wrestling manager. I figured we'd talk about managers today. So of course, managers have kind of died died out a little bit in the business, which is a shame because they I think they really added a lot a, a lot to the product. So uh, I figure the first one we'll talk about some one that's dear to me because Undertaker is my favorite you know gimmick of all time would be Paul Bearer. Mm-hmm. You know he started out as Percy Pringle and then he got paired with the Undertaker in 1991. And I was actually going to mention that, Um, but he was a legit mortician. So who better to be with the undertaker than a guy that was a mortician, you know, a dead man with a mortician. It couldn't be any more perfect. Couldn't (laughs) the voice, the voice that he used and the look that he had with the pale face and the black hair. It was, it was just, it It, went perfect,
1: especially because, I mean, I don't want to say especially, but me as a kid, because Paul Bearer was huge when I wasn't in, got into wrestling, was he didn't look like anybody else.
0: No, he was completely different, and nobody ever beat him up until really late, late into the, the run. Yeah, you know they really protected him as you know pretty much untouchable as The Undertaker was. They
1: did, and he was awesome. I mean, that's Kane! That's Kane! That's gotta be Kane! And Paul Bearer was right there
0: with him. So, I mean, you know, all that shit. And in 96, you had him turn on The Undertaker and go with Mankind, Mm -hmm. which added a great dynamic to it as well.
1: And he got a kickball thrown in his face (laughs) on SmackDown. I fucking died laughing, man. That was funny. But he he
0: even managed Vader for a while, Mm -hmm. which was really cool. He was essential to the storyline with Kane. You know, being revealed as Kane's father... And, you know, calling Undertaker a murderer. And, you know, I thought that was really great. And then for, you know, when they went to the Ministry of Darkness, he was kind of the 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 behind-the-scenes leader of that. And then you found out that it really was Undertaker that set the fire. Mm -hmm. You know, and it made Undertaker even more sinister, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, that was... The whole Paul Bearer just was awesome. Yep, and in 2004, WrestleMania 20, for that match with Kane, the first thing you heard was, Oh, yes! And he was the first image, which I thought was really cool, to bring The Undertaker back to the dead man. Oh yeah, had an I wish I had you know? an urn. <laughs> <laughs> and even in 2010, when they feuded Undertaker and Kane again, they went right back to Paul Bearer again. Mm-hmm. You know, and he turned on The Undertaker again, which I thought was really cool. Yep. You know, inducted ducked into the Hall of Fame in 2014, when he passed away in 2013. Um, we met him at the Hall of Fame in Amsterdam, and he was in total character. And when I, I had a trading card to get signed by him, and it was in one of the plastic sleeves, and I knocked it on the table to get the card out of the sleeve. Oh, yeah. And he said, oh, yes, come into my parlor, and it was in total character. It really was. It was it awesome.
1: Was, it was great. It, it caught us off guard almost, because... Sometimes you expect the you know the guy you're meeting to be in a pretty good mood and stuff, but then when they just kind of throw that out there, you're like, oh, oh shit, I wasn't ready for you yeah. to do that. Yeah, so, it yeah, was. that it was cool. Um, and and staying in that
0: kind of that same vein as a sinister character, James Mitchell, who the father, yep, who was who was James Vandenberg in WCW called the Collector of Oddities with Mortis and Wrath and that you know crappy you know feud with Glacier. But he was the sinister minister in ECW, which is really really cool. Mm-hmm. He he came into his own there with Mikey Whipwreck and Jajiri. He did a lot of opening promos for the ECW pay per views as well, and his laugh became synonymous with the, yeah that was. Um and then he went to TNA and he managed Abyss, which was fucking amazing. The monster Abyss. Yeah, he was he was such a great mouthpiece. Yep. I think he should still be in the business. So yep. I think he should be a mouthpiece for somebody. Andy, he,
1: if you don't know who James Mitchell is or what he looks like, I'm going to give you a quick TNA version. Because I don't I don't remember doing looking like this a little bit in the early years. Always like a red tux. Almost. He's got... He's like a short little kind of creepy looking dude. Yep. Like long black, well put together facial hair, beard, and all that Fu Manchu looking shit. Long black hair. He's white. And he wears a do-rag.
0: And he had, he had his, his eyebrows, like, yeah, almost as horns.
1: literally, they like, were horns. And he wore,
0: like, demonic, you know, rings and but stuff. But he had
1: a do-rag, Dave. <laughs> I'm not really sure about that, but I just wanted to, you know. <laughs> well, you can't
0: talk about managers without talking about Jimmy Hart. Yes, the you mouth can. of the south. We could have not talked well, about we, him. We could, yeah. we could have
1: had that conversation.
0: <laughs> that is not, you know. But what a lot of people don't know about Jimmy Hart is... He had a number one hit as a member of the Gentry's back in the 60s, and that band knocked the Beatles off the top of the charts. That's an amazing feat back in the 60s to be a band that knocked the Beatles off the top of the charts. And Jimmy Hart was the singer of the band that did it. I think that's really cool. That is cool. He started managing Jerry Lawler in Memphis, and then he was brought into the WWF for WrestleMania 1 to manage Greg Valentine. It seemed like he managed everybody in WWF. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody, the Hart Foundation, the Rujos, Dino Bravo, Earthquake, Money Incorporated, the Nasties, the Nasty Boys. Yep, he's probably most associated with the Honky Tonk Man as Colonel Jimmy Hart. Mm-hmm. But the megaphone, the the outlandish outfits, especially when he started getting to the tie dyed stuff, or I mean, I mean the airbrush, the airbrush, the airbrush the WCW. stuff just, Yeah, that's it,
1: all I can picture is like everything he wore in WCW was even so in, even bright. Even in
0: WWF, the, the the early nineties, he. He had the, the airbrush stuff, you know, um,
1: the money ink with the big, you know, dollar sign on the back of his face and stuff. We met Jimmy Hart, I don't know, a handful of times now. Really cool for me because that was the first wrestler my daughter ever got to meet. Um, you so, did a QA and a with him at time. Did a Q&A. A, not personally me alone with him, but the meet and greet I went to before they let people, like, in there or what, whatever it was. We had a few minutes before there was the actual meet and greet. Yep. So they had, you know, Jimmy Hart came out, and the guy that was running the place said, you know, if anybody's got any questions, you know, just go ahead and throw your hands up, and he'll pick on you, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. So I was one of them, and I, you know, I asked him, I was like, oh, you know, during fucking the Monday Night Wars, you were in WCW, do you have, was there anything that was, like, really cool, and blah, blah, blah. Well let me tell you, baby, all that stuff was really great. There was times when we were in WCW, Hogan's over here. You got Kevin Nash throwing Rey Mysterio like a lawn dart. Then you got Stone Cold. Oh hell yeah, times were great in WCW, baby. Woo! Like that's kind of Jimmy Hart,
0: right? Yeah. And then we went to a Northeast Wrestling show and he had his own table. <laughs> And he had his megaphone out and he was directing people where to go. He didn't have to do that, but he was in full Jimmy Hart mode. Oh yeah, the merchandise tables are over there and the Oh, you, oh, you got to take signed- a shit. Bathrooms Rod- over here. Roddy Piper's over here and Hulk Hogan's over there and it was just it's amazing that he lives the gimmick, but I imagine that's him in real life. Like he just he's so over the top mm-hmm. and he's just that's just him, you know what I mean? Yep. But he was he was in WWF from WrestleMania 1 to WrestleMania 9. He turned babyface at one point and managed Hogan and Beefcake in one of the worst tag matches in WrestleMania history. Beefcake! Um, He wrote Shawn Michaels' entrance theme, Sexy Boy, which Ah. I thought... Which he still still mentions all the time, which I think is great. Um, He did a lot of the music in WCW as well, because WCW was just using stock music in the Turner Library, and he came in and started doing, well... I like the Johnny B. Bad theme, but I mean, but I, I think he did Sting's music. He did a lot of music for them, so I thought that was really cool. And he, he got put into the WWF Hall of Fame in
1: 2005.
0: Uh, well, or the WWE. Good
1: God, I'm working with Michael Cole, people! For uh, fuck's sake, <laughs> I'm not going to let this go. He just said the WWF Hall of Fame in 2005. I did. Uh, Jesus fucking Christmas. I can't believe this. I can't believe this. I don't let things go. I'm going to write it down. W. He's going to
0: W. Ta- F. He's going to say this all the time.
1: 2005. Now. H.O.F. You know who else got inducted in the WWF Hall of Fame in 05? Fucking Piper. Orndor. Fucking Macho Man didn't. I was going to say Macho Man, but... I got all caught up in the fucking <laughs>
0: WWF 05 Hall of Fame. So, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about female managers, valets. You had Deborah with Jeff Jarrett, which I thought added a lot to his character with, you know, the puppies. It gave, you know, King a lot of stuff to work off of. And then you had Miss Kitty, who was Deborah's valet, which was kind of stupid, but, you know, it brought Miss Kitty, and she, you know, took her top off at a pay-per-view once, so that was pretty when cool. When we're
1: done talking about the women... We left out a lot of guys. Oh, I'm, I'm going back to oh, it. Oh, okay. Just,
0: I, I kind of wanted to... Because I was like, man, where the
1: fuck was Bobby Heenan and Paul <laughs> no, Heyman? No, I'm, I'm, go- I'm
0: going there. Don't worry. I'm going there. Well, oh, the um, WWF Hall of Fame. I'm not really sure where we're going. <laughs> but you had Sable, who started with Mark Merrill and then pretty much became an icon of the Attitude Era. You couldn't turn on WWF TV without seeing Sable. <laughs> Hawking t-shirts or just everything. She was everywhere. Yep, yep. Even with the oddities, you know, she was everywhere. Um, Francine in ECW, I mean, she managed the Pitbulls with Shane Douglas, Tommy Dreamer, Just Incredible. The fucking, you
1: know, oh, what the hell were they called? Credible and, Oh, uh, the Impact Players. The impact Players, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I so mean. was that Dawn Marie? Well, she did stuff with them too, but yeah. so did, but, you know, her whole thing was if if you didn't have the title, you couldn't sleep with her, which I thought was actually a, a pretty funny thing, way to go. But you mentioned Dawn Marie. Dawn Marie was with Simon Diamond, and she was with Lance Storm.
1: However he does it. <laughs>
0: I don't remember how it does it. Um, Gorgeous George was with the Macho Man in WCW. Mm-hmm. And she had a great. I, I don't care what anybody says. That match she had with Charles Robinson, where Charles Robinson was Little Nate, I oh, thought yeah, that yeah, was yeah, 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 hilarious. Yeah. It was a pure comedy match, but I thought it was mm-hmm. great. Um, you had Beulah, who came out with Raven, and she was with Dreamer, and had a real bloody match with Bill Alfonso in ECW. Hell yeah. One of the bloodiest matches I've ever seen. And then in 2006, she took an awesome spear from Edge at One Night Stand, and then he did that really sexual cover on her where he was humping her. Oh my God! You know that that was that was really cool. Um, Marlena with Gold Dust. You know, I thought she added a great dynamic to Gold Dust where mm-hmm. you thought he was gay, but then you brought her out, and it's like, but right, she comes you know, out you know, and smoking the yeah, smoking the cigar and stuff. Yep. But he still kept those same mannerisms as if he was ambiguous and. And, and she,
1: it, like, sold it because she was like, oh, I like this weird sexual nature yeah. that you are. It was, I and, loved it. And then
0: once they broke up, she was with Pillman a little bit, and then she was with PMS with Jackie, mm-hmm. and she became that, you know, the, the sex cat and all that stuff. And I don't and,
1: care what anybody says. I know, like, people are always like, you know, if you go, say you're going to go, you're, you're at a wrestling show and people are talking about uh, signing, and you, you're going to say... Oh, I'm going to so and so. You know, uh, uh, what the fuck is her name? I'm trying to think. Terry Reynolds, yep, is going to be there. Oh, ew. You know, you get that. You do. Yep. She does get that to me. I don't give a fuck, man. <laughs> Every day, I would. <laughs> Every day, you know. Yeah, what she, I'm was, about. she was hot
0: as fuck. She, she still is. is. Yeah, she I mean, is. But even dust. even the run she had with Perry Saturn, I thought was really cool, leading into Moppy and all that stuff. I thought, you know. That. <laughs> Have you seen my moppy? Seen my moppie, you know, with the the milk carton and stuff, and my moppy's really and, thin. And, and, and Vince Russo wasn't even booking then, so um, we'll booked this shit. Of course, Molina with Eminem. I thought she added, you know, the entrance that she did, and just the being the complete <laughs> bitch and everything. I thought I thought she added, except to Mick Foley. Yeah, that that kind of was. I mean, they're friends in real life, but, but it was just, so weird. Yeah, it was it was random as fuck. Yeah. Um, Lana, you know you gotta talk current day Lana with Rusev. Dude, I was just googling pictures Dude. of her the other day. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the only thing I got googled. I follow her on Instagram, and every day is a good day when Dude, Lana I post something on Instagram.
1: I would follow her on the fucking cliffs of Mount Doom, <laughs> but she's always posting like
0: bikini photos and all. It's it's, it's amazing. Um, oh, I want a yeah. Lana. <laughs> Cause lard. One that doesn't get talked about is Sapphire with Dusty Rhodes. I, I'm That's, sure it started out as a joke, but I thought she added a great, you know, piece to Dusty. I thought that was a great thing. It's just a common woman, even but, more, not just a common, just southern black woman to add to Dusty Rhodes. I thought it added, and it, great, a man. it gave great stuff for Jesse Ventura to work off of as well, just to, to knock her down and to make jokes. And
1: and know, we put polka dot! <laughs> Little yellow polka dots, baby, all over my underwear, and on my elbow pads and sapphires. She be dancing, we be like, oh, juking and jiving, baby. I
0: literally put her down just so you could go into Dusty. (laughs) Uh, What? (laughs) Well, okay, that's not. I'm (laughs) I'm gonna plug Dusty, (laughs) guys. We talked about plugging promoters, so it's (laughs) not the first time we've gone into stuff like that. Let me
1: get (laughs) ready. Uh, Dustin Rose, I'm all excited. My nipples are hog. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Shaniqua with the bashams. Mm-hmm. I thought that it was so random, but I thought it was actually it was pretty cool. They had the was dominatrix different. for you know with them, and they were submissive to her and stuff. I thought she was kind of sexy too. I thought that was cool. Um, Queen Charmel with Booker. You know, King Booker. King, King Booker. Booker. I thought, I mean, Charmel with that screechy voice, and it just, you know, it's kind of like Stephanie. You know, it just. No, oh no, I love. Oh, I I love Stephanie too, but it just that screechy voice adds adds something to it. My turtle
1: shell is tightening. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick on Queen Charmel. Okay. I was, again, never watched WCW. Was she a nitro chick? She was a nitro chick. Okay. Girl. Spice.
0: <laughs> Spice was my favorite. And she was a valet for uh, Prince Iakea, who became the f- the artist formerly known as Prince Iakea. She played Paisley,
1: so that was before she was married to Booker. So. <laughs> in uh, about 2005, 2006, um, the Divas magazine came out, where all the Divas are like in their swimsuits and shit. Yep. <laughs> you
0: weren't feeling the Charmel? <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> Better hope Booker Never loses Watch I love you Booker But your wife <laughs> Okay so you can't Talk about You know Women valets Without talking about some I can Well okay We shouldn't <laughs> She was the most Downloaded celebrity Of 1996 Which being a Wrestling personality That's That's saying something Especially at the Early stages <laughs> And of not United. even being A wrestler Like yeah. you just said A personality Yep so, um, she managed the Body Donnas, the Godwins, and the Smoking Guns. She was with Farouk for about a month, which was awkward as fuck when he was wearing that Gladiator, yeah, gladiator. image. Um, and even with LOD
1: 2000, uh. which I,
0: <laughs> I thought that was actually pretty cool. And it then, was
1: awesome. That yeah. outfit she had was so cool. Yeah, like,
0: like a Zena Warrior Princess uh-huh. kind of get up, yeah. And she was with Chris Candido and ECW and WCW. And she went into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2011. The what, Hall of Fame? The w- WWE WWE? of ha! Ah,
1: they must have changed
0: it yeah, by then. They did, yeah.
1: <laughs> so that wait a minute. So that WWE 2004 Hall of Fame. What was that one? <laughs> <laughs> that
0: was the shitty one. Was that them trying to the yeah, email yeah, first? Yeah. <laughs> um, she's had a lot of legal troubles. you know, in the past few years, gotten arrested a lot. Shut up, porno. Yeah, she does. She's done porn. She I does Skype shows. It was you know? Okay. Yeah, but yeah, I mean. She she's an icon in the business whether mm-hmm. you like it or not you know what no matter what she's done recently um, also sensational Sherry you know iconic with Macho Man when he did that heel turn she added she was the queen she was he was
1: is, she was his queen yeah the Macho King
0: and and she was just as outlandish as him she was just as weird mm-hmm. and it was just. You watch some of the videos of him, her, and Zeus together with the cauldron and a cauldron of the madness, mm-hmm. and you know, and then and then she went with Ted DiBiase for a while when she broke away with Macho Man, which is actually was pretty cool. And then Shawn Michaels, just she was like just the cougar to Shawn Michaels before that was a intro. thing. Yeah, she yeah that was and and just. Oh! Oh! and she would he would push her down to the ground and do his pose Mm -hmm. over top of her and stuff and you know that (laughs) That, that's like my dance move apparently (laughs) and then in 94 she went with Ric Flair for a little bit in WCW and then she transitioned to Harlem Heat, which I thought she was really cool with Harlem Heat. That, And she had some really funny segments with Colonel Rob Parker where she got him in the ring for five minutes. Yep. And she had a match with him, and Dusty was going crazy. on Oh, five. baby, you
1: yeah. can't do that! Yep. I don't know it
0: what was saying. It was, saying. It was, yeah, it was good shit. Um, but Elizabeth. You have to talk about Elizabeth when you talk about valets first lady yeah she was macho man's actual wife you know and i think that's cool that he wanted her on the road with him and they brought made her a character Mm -hmm. she was she was the first lady of wrestling she was one of the most over people in the company without really being a performer you know what i mean and she was perfect in her role it was she was so sympathetic and he always had to protect her Mm -hmm. and it you know and it made him it gave him a softer side. It made him and, look like a man, yeah, like it, a real yeah. man. Without
1: saying, "I'm macho man." Well, why?
0: And, and they never, they never said that she was his wife, right? But you, you kind of knew, like you, there was something there, you know. Elizabeth, like, <laughs> will you marry me? <laughs> that, was, that was one of the great storylines. That was, it was. Really, and to do the wedding at SummerSlam '91, that was that was actually pretty. Cool. That's like the yeah.
1: only wedding that's ever not been a sham. Yeah. In the wrestling history. And they still did commentary over it, yep. which I
0: thought was really funny.
1: I'm going to throw a little bit in there with Miss right. Elizabeth. Yeah. When Macho Man first got into wrestling, I don't remember the fucking year. I should. He's my, one of my favorites. But he was presented with four managers. Bobby Heenan, the Grand Wizard, Lou Albano. Freddie Blassie. And Freddie Blassie. Yep. He was presented with those four wrestling managers who were like the most over managers. They yep. were the guys that you, if you wanted to be somebody, you literally went under their and privilege. they were trying to get him. Yep. he said no, and enter Ms. Elizabeth. Yep, he wanted Ms. Elizabeth, and so in a time at that time to really say no to that kind of shit and then to introduce a woman on that, yeah, that's
0: a big deal. And I always, I always thought that was really yeah, cool. that's so really cool. that's my. Well, you mentioned Freddie Blassie. He was actually next. You pants on that geeks. <laughs> um, he led Mister Fuji and Professor Tanaka to the tag titles in 1977. Mister Fuji. I don't remember that, but I yeah. wasn't that. I'm not that old. He was the manager of the Iron Sheik when he won the WWF title in 1983, which is actually pretty cool. Hmm. But I was two, so I don't remember that either. Um, and he managed the Iron Sheik and Volkov to win the tag titles at WrestleMania one. Nice. Um, if you if you can get a copy of his book. It's really interesting to read his book, to, to read about, you know, people trying to kill him when he was wrestling and stuff like that. And he married a Japanese woman, and to hear how subservient she was to him and stuff like that, it's... He actually had a, I thought he had a really good book. <laughs> he enjoys the Asian women.
1: <laughs> okay, I'll do it so much.
0: <laughs> oh, that's just... that's not racist at all. What do you mean? <laughs> what? Dave... You're fucking horrible sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Alright, so, uh, JJ Dillon, somebody that we've met a few times. <laughs> he, he actually, uh, he managed Tully Blanchard for a while, and then it transitioned to him becoming the the uh, the manager of the Four Horsemen, which he's actually talked about kind of like as if he is the fifth horseman. He
1: is. He, you know, he's. He is. Yeah, it's. He is. There's only four of them, but he's the fifth one. <laughs> it fucking now he's got me going people if fucking michael mondo right what was his last name right mondo mongo mongo oh, whatever mango <laughs> if he's a horseman then jj Dillon is the fifth member all right don't argue with me on that, damn it i'm not gonna argue because there's no point to it anyway ah thank <laughs> you it's um, recorded that's on record. <laughs> record
0: he worked in the front office of wwf and wcw and in K Fabe, he was the head of the championship committee in WCW, which is a really cool thing for the you know, the, the heels to play off of and Eric Bischoff to play off of. Right. Virgil, we gotta talk about Virgil with the million dollar man, who was one of the greatest gimmicks of all time. He was the bodyguard, but he was pretty much a slave. You know? But he had that, you know, the sleeveless vest and he would just stand there with his arms crossed, looking all pissed off, and DiBiase would just throw him in front of him whenever he was uh-huh. in trouble. You know, and he would you know fan out the money and all that stuff. Right. Turned babyface in 1991, which I thought was really cool, with hitting DiBiase with the belt, and then he uh, he actually won the million dollar championship at SummerSlam of that year, which was actually a really cool moment.
1: Wow, that's like the most prestigious title in all of wrestling.
0: <laughs> and then they brought him into WCW, and they made him Vincent and N W in the NWO, the head of security. And guess what he did? That yeah. Had some matches, which were fucking horrible. And he got a paycheck to pretty much do nothing for, mm-hmm. like, five years. Jim Cornette, who we have met and actually had a really cool interaction yeah, with. Was cool. he uh cool. He managed the Midnight Express in the NWA. He opened his own promotion, Smoky Mountain Wrestling, I which got that, ran for DVD. a few years, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the American spokesperson for Yokozuna, and I thought he did really well in that role. He... That's what he does is talk, and if you listen to his yeah, podcast, he he's, you know... He,
1: I hate modern wrestling! <laughs>
0: I don't really know. <laughs> but he had Camp Cornette in the ni- in 1996, which I thought was really cool, with Vader, Owen, and the Bulldog. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool time to be a fan. One of the best promo men ever. You Google or go on YouTube and put in a Jim Cornette promo, and you're going to watch a, a promo that could be on par with a Ric Flair promo. It just... He, he was one of the best talkers, and still is one of the best talkers in the business, in my opinion. Um, Bill Alfonso in ECW. Fonzie! You know, he started in the business as a referee in WCW, the WWF, and ECW. He managed Taz, Sabu, Rob Van Dam. The damn whistle. You cannot watch a, <laughs> an ECW pay-per-view or, or TV broadcast without hearing that fucking whistle. And then...
1: <laughs> He's always like this. Yeah. Like, oh, what am I gonna do? Over here, over here. Over and he here. was a huge
0: part of the presentation of Rob Van Dam. You know, and with mm-hmm. the throwing him the chairs and all that stuff. Coming out in
1: the jumpsuit and like, he didn't use the coach.
0: whistle as much with Van Dam. It was more it was that. Damn Van Dam whistle. But yeah, it was I thought he was a great, great addition to it. Staying with ECW a little bit, Paul Heyman. You know, he was poly dangerously in WCW and when he went to E C W and took over he started a revolution. Mm-hmm. A, a company that still resonates today. Whenever anything hardcore happens anywhere, people are chanting ECW, you know. And and now currently with Brock Lesnar, even even in two thousand two when Lesnar debuted, he was with him and mm-hmm. he was a, a part of it, you know. And Curtis Axel, one of your favorites, you know. I thought they could have run
1: with that oh, a man. lot more, you yep. know. Yep, I uh, when he announced his new Heyman guy. Yep. throughout the night. I had no idea who it was going to be. Never once did I think oh, I was going to be Curtis Axel. Yep. Michael McGillicuddy. When I heard that doo, 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 I was like, no, fuck I why? Right! Oh, man, Kid Perfect, he's going to be a champion. He never <laughs> fucking did. I got thing. <laughs>
0: well, he was Intercontinental Champion. but
1: Oh, yeah. On Father's Day. <laughs> yeah. we yep. on Father's Day. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge Paul Heyman I'm a, I am a Paul Heyman guy. There is no denying how much I love Paul Heyman. Yeah, him managing Brock Lesnar is perfect because Brock sucks on the mic. Yeah, he's gonna he so make horrible. people piss their pants or something. Yeah. So Paul Heyman being the advocate and talking for him is is great. Cause he's very much the. I'll talk a bit. Get your hands off me! I'm just the advocate. Like yep. it's that. It's it's perfect. It's it, it really is great. Who else did he? Oh, CM Punk. Yep. I mean, yeah. voice of the voice of the, the voiceless. Right. Exactly. Yep. I mean.
0: But you think about the people cool. that he's managed: Stone Cold Steve Austin and mm-hmm. the Dangerous Alliance before he was Stone Cold. Arn Anderson, Larry Zbyszko, Rick Rude, Medusa, The Big Show, Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. It just it's a who's who of the business. Mm-hmm. You know, past and current. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think he definitely does not get enough. And the the run that he had with Punk, I think, was really good as well. Because Punk could talk, but also Heyman could
1: add to it. Exactly. You know what I mean? It allowed Punk, right. Because Punk loved to talk, but when he was in the serious tone, or not tone, but serious zone, and he didn't talk, and Heyman did, it allowed you, as someone that would read the match and read the story, be like, Mm, Punk's in a different mindset right now. Yep. and even the little thing of during the entrance
0: with Heyman putting his watch out, you know, for Punk to say it's clobbering time. Right. Just a little, a little touch like that was yep. added so much to it. Some managers I didn't want to go too in depth with, but I wanted to mention them. Captain Lou, just an outlandish, wearing Hawaiian shirts, having rubber bands, rubber bands safety pinned to his his cheeks, and just he managed so many tag teams and. It was like he he was everywhere. Mm-hmm. It, it, it but I, I liked him. I thought he was a really cool, you know, when the stuff with Cindy Lauper and you know leading into the rock and wrestling connection. He was in his "Girls Just Want to Have Fun" uh-huh. video,
1: which my mom still to this day believes that that is her fucking dad. <laughs> it's like no, mom. <laughs>
0: Go to, go to, leave that one last. Leave that one last, mm-hmm. okay. Harvey Whippleman, just a tiny little man. Little fucking dork. With, with these huge, I mean, he managed it sit and he looked like he was two feet tall. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was one that could bump really well, so people would throw him Toss around. Him around. And, with Giant Gonzalez, he looked a foot tall, <laughs> because Gonzalez was eight feet tall. You know, and, and I, th- but I thought that gravelly voice, and it just, I thought the, the, the cigar and everything. And the, and the look of like a yeah. little... I
1: don't know what the hat's called. He was just style. a little
0: weasel of a manager, and mm-hmm. I thought he fit really well with the guys that he managed. Slick. You know, with the Twin Towers and... Mm-hmm. Coming out and dancing to the Jive Soul you Jato, music. You
1: a Jive bro! A Jive bro! And always,
0: always lying to your friends. And just a black pimp of a manager with a huge white man that was pretending to, to be, be black. black. And then a prison guard who had a pimp as a manager. It was... A Jerry Springer soon-to-be episode. <laughs> but then he turned Babyface in ninety-two and he managed Kamala for a while as the reference like <laughs> the Ugandan giant. <laughs> um, Mr. Fuji. He was with Demolition. He was with the powers of pain. He was with Yokozuna, and he was with Crush. And I he wasn't with Demolition he talked more, but after a while, it was just you needed somebody to even talk for him mm-hmm. because he was just kind of there. Oh, no, no. You know, with with Yokozuna, you didn't really need him to talk much because you needed that mystique anyway You needed that mystique. You know, you needed type. his Mr. Miyagi to Yokozuna, but as a heel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, one that actually we like, Dutch Mantel, who was Uncle Zeb, and he was Zeb Coulter. Yep. I think he really came into his own as Zeb Coulter, and they really could have went. We, the people, people. they could have went a lot farther with that. Yeah, I think it would have been good for kind of remember in '96 they had Jr. have his own announce table when he turned yeah. heel.
1: Yeah, I think you could
0: have had Zeb Coulter have his own announce table. And give his own views
1: during matches. During the
0: matches, and, and say, you know, this guy, you know, That'd be cool. is this, you know, oh, he came across the border, that kind of stuff. I did hate you it when he, I mean, when
1: I I didn't like it when he came back as as the manager of uh, Oh Del Rio. That was just yeah, so, that was that was it. So totally re like rewrote what you previously were. Yeah, the Amer- not saying Mexicans can't be the fucking American patriot. Fucking <laughs> yeah, But. If you're portraying for the last year, you are a fucking patriot. Yep. You can't be a turncoat in the same breath. Because <laughs> yep. Now I'm going to look at everything you just previously said as a bunch of hoopla. Yep. And Jack Swagger? You're a fucking man, man! He's kicking ass in MMA right now, Dude, we too. met him once and I kind of insulted him. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't mean it. I love the guy.
0: But. Yeah, I didn't think he would be as tall as he was, either. He, no, was, was, he, was, he was a huge dude, yeah. He was huge. Um, Paul Ellering, who we've met. Yeah. He was, we met him and Road Warrior Animal at the same time. That was
1: really cool. I love Ellering because they brought him... which stupid? WWE had the Authors of Pain in yep. NXT, which was Tokar and Rezar from Ninja Turtles 2. <laughs> mama! Mama! Babies! <laughs> you brought me babies! <laughs> um... <laughs> I don't remember what the Achem and Razor. Yep. Uh, which I love those guys. I yeah, thought they were great.
0: They were badass.
1: So they got Paul Ellering, Hall of Fame fucking legend with LOD, who led them on to multiple championships. You got Paul Ellering in your your pan- not pandering, but you're showing him to a new crowd because honestly, NXT is a new generation of wrestling. Fans. But they're also smart fans. Exactly. Well, so, yep. so you're giving Paul Ellering like to you know nothing against NXT, but you're giving them like the cream of the crop, in yep. my opinion. Fucking day one, them motherfuckers come to Raw. No, we don't need you, Paul Ellering. And he's just staring there like, do you not know who I am? <laughs> about a month later, they win the titles. About a week later, they lose the fucking titles. And about a week after that, one of them gets injured. Now they haven't been on TV
0: in fucking months. Yep, and you had Drake Maverick with them for a while, which was like interesting.
1: How do you... I mean, sure, maybe the Legends contract that he was on was easier because it's it, it's NXT and it's pretty much in one area. Right? For most... Yeah.
0: But, I mean, he all he had to really do was TVs and pay-per-views. It's not like he right. had to go and do house shows. And, and at least
1: get you know a month mean? or two out of them. Yeah. Like, yep. let him lead them to the championships. And then them be like, nope, we don't need you. Or anymore. have him say, look, you don't need me
0: anymore, I'm gone. Right. You know what I mean? It you guys, so I've taught you all you need to know. It was just so dumb. And yep. it just
1: felt like... They were already heels. Yep. Why did you have to make them look like douchebags yeah. to wrestling fans? Yep. Because, like... I love Paul Ellering. He's probably one of my favorite managers just because I like LOD.
0: Bro. And then in, was it, 98, he came back. It looked like he was coming back with LOD, and then he turned heel and went with the DOA, and he came out with the motorcycle and stuff, and mm-hmm. I thought I thought he was, that was actually really cool. They could have they they could have went a lot longer with that as well. He he, has, he had great range. I think they would have gone longer if Hawk hadn't had his substance issues at that point. You know what yeah, I mean? Of course, about, you're
1: calling one of them eight ball, aren't you? In the DOA. <laughs> That's true. I mean, how do you how do you how do you do that? Yep. I'm going to get an eight ball. What? I'm going to go beat him up. <laughs> I'm going to go beat
0: eight ball up. <laughs> one that doesn't get talked about a lot, but I thought was really cool was Matt Stryker with Big Daddy V. I thought uh-huh. that was I thought that was really good. No, I did too. You know, Stryker's such a good talker, and to have think, him heel straight heel yeah, like that, and Big Daddy V needed that. But just that hulking dude behind Stryker, <laughs> I, oh, thought, I loved it. I, I thought did. it was. It, I think if it hadn't been on ECW and it had been more on SmackDown, they would have ran uh, Yeah, but just they didn't give a shit about ECW. It right. was just their feeder to SmackDown. To SmackDown, you know,
1: but. Yeah, um, that was cool. I remember buying the two-pack figure set of that because, one, it was Viscera as Big Daddy V. Yeah. I was like, I gotta have him as a toy. And,
0: and Matt Stryker, I have to say thank you because at a Northeast Wrestling show, I had him sign my encyclopedia and I forgot the fucking thing on his table. Yep. And if he hadn't have, you know, noticed that and gotten it back to me, that's a lot of money that I've invested getting that thing signed yeah, that I would have, you know, that I would have been out of and that... That would have I wouldn't have had my Hulk Hogan autograph anymore, uh-huh. my Ultimate Warrior, my Roddy Piper. So thank you, Matt Stryker, for being honest and and bringing it back to me, which is really cool. It was that was really nice. Yeah, um, Tony Atlas with Mark Henry. At- <laughs> <laughs> but he had the he had the cut off sleeves on his you know his suit and it just he looked big just as big as Mark Henry it just mm-hmm. it was it was so cool and he had that bow legged walk when he walked down to the ring and it was just I thought it was a really cool you know and and not that Mark Henry really needed a mouthpiece but it was
1: just it just kind of it was like oh that's cool it was a cool acknowledgement yeah. to see Tony Atlas World Strongest Man with Mr USA yep. Yeah, and and we've had great
0: interactions with Tony Atlas over the years, so that's the three that's times exciting. I've met him have
1: always been
0: enjoyable. Yep, um, Colonel Rob Parker in WCW, and then he came as Tennessee Lee with Jeff Jarrett, and and during the Attitude Era, I thought you know the Southern plantation owner kind of Colonel Sanders looking mm-hmm. manager, I thought that was actually pretty
1: cool, especially and, in the at at that point in the '90s, yeah, where gimmicks were the more outlandish, almost the better.
0: Yep. Yeah, I thought it was, and he he managed Austin as U.S. champion at one point, you know, in WCW. He managed uh, Haku as Mang for a while, which didn't really fit to me, but you right. know, I thought it was I thought it was actually really cool. And then he he brought in one of my favorite wrestlers, Barry Darso, as the Black Top Bully, and he had that that uh, feud with Dustin Rhodes that led to the awful, you know truck match where they were wrestling in the back of a truck with oh, hay and all that stuff okay, I and uncensored you guys, okay. and you know i but i like that
1: but baby know. we got to put my son and somebody else in the back of a truck we'll fill it with hay because what resonates with wrestling fans hey <laughs> hey you Hey, over there! <laughs> hey, this! You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Hey. I, I say, hey! You know, you hey, get baby. rid of the E in the, in the hey of, like, hey, how you doing? You put the A and you get, hey, baby! And then we feel a little chocolate body slamming each other people watching it from a helicopter and you're like, what is the and fuck we, is this? We spent a shitload of money on it. Yeah, crazy. There. And Vince Russo was like, this is better than a piñata on a pole mask, <laughs> daddy. <laughs> so, you wanted
0: to talk about Armando Alejandro Estrada.
1: Armando... Alejandro Estrada Did you wanna wait just to do that? Is that Escucheme Escucheme <laughs> Yeah I did, I did, I did.
0: I thought he added so much to Omaga.
1: Bulldozer!
0: <laughs> I think my favorite one though is when he was talking to Eugene. And he was like, you can bring all these superheroes that you yeah. want. You can bring the Superman. You can bring the Spider-Man. And you can bring the Aquaman. <laughs> the Aquaman. The Aquaman. Is, is just, <clears throat> I don't know why they didn't use him as a manager for more people. I thought he was... He could have been Ricardo Rodriguez with Del Rio. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He could have been the personal ring announcer. I, that would have been tremendous. I
1: did. I really liked Armando Estrada.
0: I thought he was great as the ECW general manager as well. Yeah, I did too. You know? Uh, Let
1: me introduce you to... And Tiffany! <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was great. He yeah. was a character. Yep. Awesome I,
0: character. I, I don't know why they didn't do
1: more. With Former Cuban once. World Heavyweight Champion. That's <laughs> all I know about his backstory is that. It's just that. And the face he, he would make. Like, he was... Ha-ha! <laughs> 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 so, before I get into the last
0: one that I've got on my notes, <sighs> if, do you have any that you can think of that I haven't touched on yet? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> um... <laughs> managers or valets or anything like that, that you can think of that I haven't really
1: hit on. Oh my God. We got to fucking talk about and Singh. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I was being very facetious. <laughs> we could talk about how much his client or well, his let's th- talk about brothers. the Singh brothers, <laughs> Jaleel and Salam or whatever. <laughs> that was funny. I didn't mean that. <laughs> I didn't mean that. That's actually really funny. That was funny. <laughs> no, I don't, there's got to be other
0: managers. yeah uh, I just, I didn't, I, I couldn't really, you know. Uh, who else is there? <laughs> I know, I'm putting you on the spot, I know.
1: Oh, I know one! Mr. Man!
0: <laughs> That's a good plug. That's going to be a great interview, by the way. I don't think you guys are ready for that. Right, That's gonna and, be really, and for really people good.
1: that don't know who he is. You're going to fucking find out. You're going to fucking find out, because he's a lot like us in the sense of he doesn't give a shit what he's going to say. So you better be prepared prepared for profanity, uh, uh, offensiveness and some probably some sexual and he, and stuff. And he's got
0: a real interesting story as well. His yeah. life is a very interesting story. If you want to get a little taste of him, which that sounds weird. Why do we say these things? Why are
1: these saints? <laughs> oh, plug we, him.
0: We we don't, uh, we don't taste. Think, we don't think about this stuff before we say it. But uh <laughs> <laughs> go on, our, go on YouTube. Search for the Comic Wrestling Podcast on YouTube. He did a promo video for us, and you'll get a little bit of a a sneak peek onto what his
1: character is
0: and how yeah. he acts.
1: And he's like a hypnotist, which I'm gonna see if he'll do that on the show. Yeah, if he'll hypnotize one of us, cause hey, <laughs> that would be fucking great, would be great, right? Imagine yeah. one of us hypnotized and be like, uh, John bark like a dog, <laughs> but make it sound like meow, <laughs> meow, meow. Now, you know how funny that would be, not knowing what you're great. doing? I'm all about it. <laughs> um, a manager. I can't think of
0: any right yeah, now. Yeah, it's... I think I've covered a lot of them. And a lot of people, uh, you know, if you're thinking, oh, well, why didn't you talk about the Grand Wizard or why didn't you talk about Skandar Akbar? I'm talking about motherfuckers that I know. Oh, Cherry. From, uh, cherry with Deuce and Domino. <laughs> I'm not... <laughs> I don't just, contribute. You're just throwing random ones Trinity! <laughs> Trinity. Well, that was, that was fucking amazing. Oh. Trinity was... Was hot as hell. Yeah, she was. Um. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Tracy Brooks with Robert Roode in TNA. Oh, there you go. You
1: know, Ms. Brooks. I thought she was hot as uh, fuck. No, I thought she had the fucking face of you a didn't like, fucking. Uh, she had the face of a southbound dog heading northbound, brother. <laughs> like, mm-mm.
0: but I thought she was good as his, uh, you know, his director of chaos.
1: I didn't even and, think you know, of like TNA managers. You got fucking Roxy Laveau, who's yeah, who was kind of with. Yeah, with the Mafia. You got Scott Demore. Yeah, Team Canada? Team Canada. Yeah, that was actually
0: really cool. Uh, you had Christy Hemme with the Rock and Roll. Which I, I made a sign in a did. TNA show that said I want to be infected by Christy Hemme, and she, and she signed it. Which I thought I thought that was clever.
1: Managers, know? we got to talk about managers. That since we are fucking um, talking about fucking managers, all right. Well, I mean
0: Christy Hemme.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, I, my God, I can't I think of his name. We talk about him all the time. Truth Martini. Oh, Truth Martini. Yeah, he was great. From Ring of Honor. Yeah. You know, you gotta, you gotta throw it around a little bit. Yeah, uh, Truth is great. What are some indie managers we've seen? Oh, God. Um, are there any that we've really seen? Not too many.
0: Um, wow, that's, I mean, Mr. Man is really the, you know. He really The is. main one that we've, I'm trying to think of Northeast Wrestling ones, but even CTWE ones, but it's not really... No, I guess not. Uh, It was more about the matches than it was really the... Well, I'm glad I could contribute (laughs) with my two senses on managers because I'm really in-depth. You've you've contributed about as much as I did on the Spider-Man one, so, you know, I think we're pretty much even.
1: Ouch, I feel like I did a little bit more. Check us out. This is this is the last episode where we're gonna do. But just check out the first fifteen, and <laughs> we'll like it. Thanks, guys. You've been really fun. <laughs> so
0: the biggest manager, the the most famous manager, the best manager of all time, in my opinion, Bobby the Brain Heenan. I think Paul Heyman. Well, yeah, I can
1: I can understand why you would think in Paul the Heyman. regards of like client wise, right. like Bobby Heenan had a hundred people under his list, the Heenan family. They were all great, but Jesus Christ, they can't hold a candle to Brock Lesnar. I mean, that guy is a f- former multi-world champion, former legit UFC champion, NCAA fucking champion, um, Money in the Bank. That one nobody cares about. <laughs> that he ended Undertaker's streak at WrestleMania. To me, that is when I said it. Yeah, that is exactly when I said it when Undertaker got beat at WrestleMania when it was the one in twenty-one. I remember saying Paul Heyman is the greatest manager now.
0: But that's what's great about wrestling is you can have differing opinions on stuff like that. Like it, you know, you can say he's the greatest. I Bobby Heenan is more my area. I think I think era, I think he's the greatest manager of all time. It's, well, it's all did, subjective. You well, know I did I did think mean? Bobby Heenan was the greatest until that moment. Yeah. I really did. I really did. But um he managed Nick Bockwinkel and Ray Stevens in the AWA, then he went to the WWF the Heenan family is extensive. <laughs> Big John Studd, King Kong Bundy, Haku, Rick Rude, The Islanders, Mr. Perfect, Paul Orndorff, The Brain Busters, even The Brooklyn Brawler and The Red Rooster, which is fucking crazy. King Harley Race, Rick Flair. You know, he really didn't manage Flair, but he was his, he was his, in his financial advisor. Yeah. Exactly.
1: That's when he was with um, Perfect. Yeah,
0: right? Perfect was his uh, executive consultant. Mm-hmm. But it just... I, I think – and then he transitioned to being one of the best color commentators ever. I would say the best color commentator ever. Yeah, me too. Me too. You know what I mean? Me too. But in my opinion, he's the best manager ever, but he just – you can't really peg him as just a manager. He did so much in the business. Mm -hmm. That dynamic with him and Gorilla Monsoon, you know, doing primetime and then doing the pay-per-views, and I just – I think he's the best ever. I I can see where you would say Paul Heyman is. I really do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I truly can understand that. But I, for the body of work that he had and uh-huh. just the image of him and Andre the Giant on that cart leaving WrestleMania, WrestleMania three, 3 would just defeat in his eyes just because he knew that he had it in his hands with Andre. And then, and then gone. Yeah, you know, I just – that's one of the most iconic visuals I've ever had yep. is him riding away on that cart with Andre. Right, in that white you know? tuxedo. Yeah, yep. and even, you know, on Piper's Pit when – Andre tears the crucifix off, and Heenan was like, you maligned this man, you never once gave him a, you kept him as an underling, you you mm-hmm. never viewed him as the giant that he is, you know what I mean? I th- right, it just I, really fed into it. Yeah, he, he added so much to Andre, he added so much to everybody that he managed, right? Really. He really did, he yeah. really
1: did, and two things I want to add to that yeah. uh, is, Bobby Heenan has passed away, what, like a year or two ago? Yep. Gorilla Monsoon has been gone for almost a de- over a decade now. 99, yeah. Right, so 20 years. Yeah. I would like to say this because they were a pivotal role in the beginning of me getting into wrestling because they were there. It was a transition. Um, I've learned who Gorilla is. He's one of those voices. Yep. Once it's in your head, you never unlearn Gorilla's voice. Um, and you don't forget a guy named Gorilla. I yep. mean, he was the commissioner when I was in, and when I got only, into wrestling, the only one that
0: ever messed with him was Vader, and that was a huge angle when, he, when right. he attacked
1: Gorilla Monsoon. So, on that, when Monsoon passed away, and that was during the WCW days, Bobby Heenan, they let Bobby Heenan have a moment. Yep, to say what he wanted to say to his brother. Yeah. Gorilla Monsoon. They were
0: inseparable. They really were. So
1: what I want to say is, because these guys are the JR and King right before the cusp of my era, and they they do mean a lot to me, is Heenan said, you know, the pearly gates up there, and Shivani said, yup. Well, they're not going to be called that anymore. It's going to be called the gorilla position. That's really cool. I thought It brings a tear to my eye, because I think that's awesome.
0: Yeah.
1: I would like to say... I don't look at that as just the gorilla position. I look at that as the commentators' table. That's those guys are sitting there, calling the matches, calling what's going on now. So I just I want to throw that in there yeah. because I emotionally love these two people. And uh, you know,
0: to, I know that people think Jr. and King were the greatest commentary right. team ever, but my era for the just. The WrestleMania... Would you stop that? Era, yeah, the WrestleMania era and the way they played... I mean, yeah, King and JR had a banter they back and forth. They had great banter. But Bobby. Gorilla and Bobby just... Gorilla would feed him lines. JR never really fed King lines very no. often. Gorilla would feed shit to Bobby right, to get Bobby to, to make a them. joke. Yep. You know what I mean? And I just think... And the the interactions on prime time and just... I think... They are the greatest commentary team ever. That's just my opinion. Exactly. You know I mean? But it is
1: subjective. I mean, mm-hmm. you could say what you want. You know what I mean? And the last thing is, if you want to go straight to the top, follow... Or how does he say it? Um. Oh, man. What is it? If you want if if you you to go you,
0: to you listen to me, you go to the top. If you if don't, don't listen mean, to me, you're never it, heard from again. That's what it is. That, exactly. That I was mean. one of his best promos ever.
1: And I think that's like, that resonates through wrestling. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, you could take that for what it is, but how I mean it is... If you want to do the right fucking things, you're gonna do them and you're gonna do them right. Because if you fuck up, you're out. Yeah. That's subject to however you want to look at it, but that's how I perceive it as his legacy to carry on. Of like, if I could pass the torch on to anybody and give them advice, just fucking keep your nose to the grind, keep doing it, doing it the right way. Yep. I guess I don't know. That's, but I I I, I do. I love Bobby yeah. Heaton. and
0: it's a shame he's gone and the brain yeah the weasel i mean all of it (laughs) yep um that's pretty much you know i wanted to end with bobby heenan i want to talk about our mr man episode because i think that's going to be we've wanted him to be our first guest for a long time when we first started doing this that was what we we said we want to have him as a guest
1: it really was michael ray man was our i don't even know why i mean i mean i do know why because we're Invested in him, we like the guy he's such a great character, yeah. But I don't know why it was our first thought of like, yeah, let's just get him. Yep, something called, we picked up the phone figuratively, and we were like, let's do this. And he's all about it, he He really can't
0: wait to do it. He he can't wait, he really
1: is. Because at the last wrestling show we went to, which we could talk about that. Oh, yeah, the XWA show, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, first of all, first of all, before any of that, we should have said this at the top of the show, there was a passing.
0: Ashley Massaro, yes, I did have that Well, my geez, notes. why don't you just
1: let me set it up and then just cut in? <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, there was a passing. Um, I don't, I won't call her a legend. No. But she is a WWE family member, yep. 100%. Um, Ashley Mazzaro, who was in wrestling from, what, 06 to 08? Yes, yeah, something It was only like, that. like two years. But the two years that she was there, if you watched it, you remember almost everything she did. Yep. Being with Trish, being with Mickey, just being the hot blonde that they didn't really know what to do with. She yep. was just the rocker chick. Um, she had two WrestleMania matches back-to-back. Yep. So, I mean, obviously she did something right to earn that acknowledgement. Uh, both of the matches were uh, losses. But yeah. still, she was on the card. She was on a WrestleMania. Yeah, can't, Yeah. can't first, take that away from first her. First yeah. year, it was a singles match. And then it
0: a the bunny match, right? Playboy bunny match. Yep. So,
1: I was, I was upset. To hear of it, because she was obviously somebody that was in wrestling during my time. I mean, I was a teenager, watching it consistently. I watched every fucking Raw those years. Yeah. I mean, I have her Playboy, not for... I mean, yes... For that reason. (laughs) But I do as well. I am a fan of her. Yeah. Like, I I really liked her. I really, really did. So when I heard she passed away, I was was a bit upset.
0: She was actually going to be the next framed memorabilia piece I was going to do. Because I have an autographed 8x10, and I have some autographed cards of hers, too. And that actually was, you know, so. But she won the Diva Search in 2005, and she was in the WWE until 2008. Right, so. And she never went to TNA, which I thought was kind of weird, because they were bringing in some of the, the WWE women mm-hmm. for a while, so I'm surprised she never, you know, but there's been a lot of outpouring. There's been a, I think a, the WWE women raised $25,000 already for her daughter. Yeah. So that's that's pretty fucking cool, you know what I mean? So it's it's a shame, it really is, and, you know, you're right, she, she is one that you will remember. She stood out a little bit from, you know, the other she, divas that she, they
1: had there. She stands out. Above almost any diva that there is still to this day, except for the ones that they bring in from NXT, some of them, like the Riot Squad and shit. Not saying that they're like her, but she was the first punk rocker, yeah, that I know of, wrestling-wise, to that grand scale. Yeah, to where now these girls that are coming in, like the Riot Squad and any of them that are wearing like the black leather and rocking out and shit, that to me is owed to Ashley. Yeah. Because she broke that mold of not being the cookie cutter... I mean, she was sexy. Yeah, she had the physique Fuck. and everything. But yeah. she wasn't the dumb, ditzy diva. Yeah. You know, if, if I can get away with saying that. Yeah. And I, I did. I loved her. I, I mean, the whole story of her getting... You gotta do Playboy. You gotta do Playboy with, with Maria. And then Santino being part of that. Yeah. And basically making them sound like hussies. And it just... I just, I loved it, because then he teamed up with Beth Phoenix, and it just gave a whole different, you know... Yeah. It was a cool time. It yep. was a really cool time.
0: So. so so we mentioned the show that we went to. It was on May 11th, XWA Spring Mayhem. We sold some merchandise, got the word out about the podcast. It was pretty cool. As a matter of fact, just from our banner alone, we got a new listener. Yep. Who added us on our, on, liked our Facebook, and started listening to the podcast that night. So that's that's pretty fucking cool. And I
1: we will apologize right now. I, we know who you are, but we don't know your name yeah, right I, off the top I, uh, of our head. Yeah, And if you are listening to this or watching this, message us Yeah, on, our, on this, on any of these, however you can. Let us know what you guys do. Yeah. Because you guys clearly, and for who, if you don't know what we're talking about, when we were at the wrestling show, there were two gentlemen who were, like, videotaping the wrestling yep. show. I'm not sure to what capacity. Came over, grabbed our podcast, um flyer and then immediately went over and got on our site or our pages and liked them and shit so to you guys if you're listening like i said comment let us know what you do because then maybe there could be like a like a cross brand help each other out my back gets scratched and you scratch it we're always
0: down for doing stuff like that yeah so So. but at that show there was a cool barbershop segment with the beef cake hall of famer with no neck I feel so bad saying that, but he the man has no neck anymore. Um, my favorite type of jewelry, Dave, tell him. <laughs> a necklace? A necklace. <laughs> <laughs> and because of that barbershop segment, Mr. Man got his hair cut. What? With the hedge clippers, which I would not let that man touch my head with them fucking hedge clippers. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I really don't have a choice. I, <laughs> I don't have much hair. But we we have enjoyed the XWA shows. They've I have actually been pretty good. They
1: have, they, you know. I don't care for the robot. Shockwave the robot. That's I get gimmicks, but come on, <laughs> come
0: on. But the XWA does have a training school. It's located in Albany at eighty eight Railroad Avenue, right near you, Albany. Um, the phone number is five one eight eight five nine five seven zero eight. Talk to Jerry Idol. Jerry's been actually pretty cool to us. I just wanted to, you know, he's been actually really nice to allow us to do stuff at his shows. So. <laughs>
1: How did he get their number? <laughs> what? I have, I have strong Google skills. You work with him and not me. You say my videos are good, and then you're over here telling me he's better? <laughs> well, aren't you a son of a bitch? <laughs> Last time we get him on the show. <laughs> um,
0: also, we should mention AEW is going to be on TNT, which I think is kind of ironic because TNT <laughs> is the company, the the station that canceled WCW back in 2001.
1: Wrestling is coming back. To Turner Broadcast
0: Television. And with the way WWE is going, it might be some actual fucking competition.
1: I don't know where this information comes from, but I heard it earlier of that. I don't remember what the fuck I was talking about earlier. (laughs) But about AEW and Vince McMahon wanting to step on them and stuff like that. And apparently somebody in the know can quote Stephanie McMahon saying, we do look at AEW as competition. You
0: have to at this point.
1: You know what I mean? You really do, because they are the alternative people are looking for. They've got a TV deal
0: after one fucking pay-per-view. Right. They haven't even done... Their second one starts tonight.
1: It's double or nothing! (laughs) Kenny Omega, the Bucks, fucking Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes and Y2J!
0: Who has foregone everything WWE to sign with this company. Vince McMahon hates that man now. Yeah. Yeah. Jericho is... He's persona non grata with WWE
1: now. I it, fucking I love man. Chris Jericho, baby! You know, it, it's
0: just, you have to look at it as competition. You, you do. Other than Impact, who had that chance at one point, this is the only company in my eyes. Ring of Honor, I don't think is going to get there. It, They've it,
1: been on you know, TV for a long time now, and they're not.
0: Yep, you know, and to get TNT, that's a major fucking
1: network. Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean? That's
1: It, it makes it so awesome. What? what, what? Where can I find this on my TV. Like, what times and channels and... Have, channels, they huh? haven't announced times or dates yet. So. Nope, not even a day? Nope.
0: But they are going to do weekly broadcasts, which on is Monday. Re- and they've got JR doing the fucking commentary. And they've got Jerry Lynn to help backstage! Yep. And I would imagine Arn Anderson's going to uh,
1: end up backstage at some point, too. And you've
0: got Dustin Rhodes. Who else Who, who better he? to help backstage than Dustin
1: Rhodes, I too? You I I just saw a new announcement for somebody that they got... Oh, you know who WWE got? And it's gonna be amazing? Crown Jewel 2. Oh, fuck me.
0: Oh, fuck yeah, me. baby! Fuck me running. That's Saudi Arabia. Oh, I hope they'd stay over there. You've got the Phenom, the Undertaker. You should have retired three years ago. Oh, no, no. Against.
1: Oh, yes! You asked for it, they're bringing it to you. Who asked baby. for it?
0: Who's you? One guy on WWE Creative, Vince McMahon. <laughs> Go, Should have happened 20 years ago.
1: Who the fuck asked for that match?
0: The Saudi Arabians.
1: God damn. That's what a Goldberg versus Undertaker. That's gonna be that's gonna be worse than Goldberg against
0: Lesnar. Back in 04. You know what I mean? Well, it's, it's not just...
1: going to be any fucking better than Goldberg or Brock Lesnar versus fucking Zach Gowan. <laughs> it's, it's that was a...
0: more interesting, actually.
1: Jesus. Goldberg versus fucking Undertaker? Come on. And
0: you know what? I hate that The Undertaker is doing this for a payday. Yes. It drives me fucking insane. You're iconic. You do not need to do these things. But let's not show up to WrestleMania. Yeah. It, it just. This man. I'm calling it right now. It's going to be. The shittiest fucking match of the year. It really is. And I hate saying that about my favorite fucking wrestler.
1: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I opened up Pandora's box <laughs> because I needed that.
0: <laughs>
1: right back to AEW All Elite Wrestling.
0: I really hope the pay-per-view does well tonight. Yeah, I me really too. I really do. It, it, it just adds so much. It's so great to be a wrestling fan right now. Whether No matter what WWE is doing, You've got Ring of Honor. You've got AEW. What impact is on a shitty station? But I like seeing the results of what they're doing with their show, even though I can't see it. You've got all these indie promotions that are out there that you can go to. It, the options as a wrestling fan are fucking amazing.
1: There's the network. It's got to... Yeah. I mean, that's not obviously going to a different show. I'd New d- Japan.
0: I'd... You know, it, yeah. it's... And any con you go to is going to have a fucking wrestler at it. really is. You know what I mean? No matter what one you go to, there's going to be a wrestler there. It really is. You know? That's true. I'm sure when you go to Boston, there's probably going to be at least one wrestler there. Well, probably two. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can count Stephen Amell. He wrestled. Fuck, you know? It's on. <laughs>
1: Stephen A. I'm coming for you, brother. Boston, <laughs> fucking on, brother. But other than that, I really don't have much else to add. I I'm gonna, I'm, pretty... I'm gonna add a little uh, more sorrow to this. Okay. Unfortunately, have to mention King Silver. Did you not? Oh, Silver King, or, that's right. Oh yeah. my god! Oh my god! I call him Silver King.
0: <laughs> died in the ring. Dead in the
1: fucking ring. And I want to talk about that. What an awful. Awful, awful, awful referee and fucking hovertude. You telling me you're gonna you, you don't see there's something wrong with that and you're gonna carry that on for another fucking minute and a half? Yep. Yeah, that was that was horrible. Where was this? I'm a wrestling fan. Where was this? Uh, uh, this. Awful. Yep. As soon as whoever it was, and I'm sorry if I'm disrespecting him, but whoever it was that died in the ring with Rey Mysterio. Conan was out there like that.
0: Conan was—he knew that something was wrong, and he was made yep. sure that, that everything stopped. Yep. I mean, how and how do you not notice that something's wrong? Like, y-
1: you have to know. He slumps like. right that down. Yep. He gets up. He's starting to get up. You should know the fucking some of the spots. Like, yeah, even if you don't know the spots, you should know. He. All right. Well, he's laying there. Yeah. Yep. I, I thought he's that not was,
0: selling. You know, he's obviously laying there. Right.
1: Yeah. I thought that was terrible. Yep.
0: Um, I I I I should have written that down. I don't know what made me think out. of that, but um, yeah, he was in Nacho
1: Libre. Nacho! I did not mean to squeak like that, but I went with it. <laughs> it was pretty amazing. Uh-oh. was it? Good? Yeah, it was going up an octave there.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I, I I'm really excited for Mr. Man. Like I I, I, too. I, can, I know I keep going back to it, but it really is. I think it's going to be something a lot, a lot of fun for people to check out. I really. It'll do. be cool,
1: and it'll be something different because we've never. I mean, we had a guest on here, Marcadius, right? Um, but, but that's we, not really
0: an interview. He was just, you know, he was part of the. Yeah, show. Dude, just yeah,
1: dude, you sucked. <laughs> <laughs> is that
0: what you meant? No, that's not what I meant. Uh, <laughs> good God. But I think going in depth into who he is and what you know what he does I think is gonna be how he got into the business, stuff like right. that, I think is gonna be really cool.
1: No, I'm excited for it as well. Um he's got dogs at his house. I know he said that. <laughs> I'm excited and normally like when I go somewhere, I kind of expect people to have food. <laughs> For, like, general hospitality, so I'm hoping you got some grub, (laughs) brother, because I'm going to be hungry. But he
0: was in the Navy as well on submarines, which I would actually like to get into as Mm -hmm. well, because my grandfather was in the Navy during World War II. I used to be a seaman as well. (laughs) (laughs) If we had credits, we might as well fucking roll them right now. (laughs) No, Th- that good. I think we're going to end on that. This this has been The Wrestling Ring. I'm Deadly Dave. I'm sometimes Ace Williams. And uh, check out our podcast wherever you can find it. It's we'll- on these <laughs> platforms. We'll hand you out a flyer at some point. Yeah, seriously, we will. Here, take it. <laughs> Thanks for checking us out. I don't know when to stop.